1: welcome everybody to the lakers legacy podcast where as russell westbrook would say win lose draw just have fun out there but also y'all need to be better and by y'all we're talking about the front office so with the lakers scraping their way back towards 20 and 24 and breaking a three-game losing streak off of another season-high 48-point performance from LeBron James, and with the NBA trade deadline just three weeks away, the final January 15th trade restrictions lifted, and with a roster spot still open to rotate in-and-out 10-day contracts. Rob, Jeannie. Can y'all be better? I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and today I am bringing back Mr. Omar Siddiqui of the Late Night Lake Show podcast to help the front office be better by going through the multiverse of trade options that they have at their disposal. Omar, it's been a minute, man. Haven't had you on in a while. How are you
2: feeling? I'm feeling all right. Long time no see. (laughs) or Long time no see
1: or talk, exactly. But we're back, and today's episode is sort of a fun one, a sort of fun back and forth, kind of shooting the shit episode that doesn't really have anything to do with what's currently going on with the Lakers, although from the macro sense it does because we're going to be talking about trade hypotheticals. I pretty much have done like five episodes of these throughout the season just because, you know, Why when, we were two, <laughs> when we were two and ten, what else do you think about as a Lakers fan but the future, right. right, and what you can do to improve the roster. So with that said, in this episode, we're going to go through three categories. I'm going to ask Omar what his favorite – two firsts trade looks like involving Russell Westbrook. I'm going to ask him what his favorite one first trade looks like with Russell Westbrook and without Russell Westbrook. And then I'm going to ask him if he has any trades where no firsts are going out whatsoever and the Lakers are somehow able to use some second round picks. So with that as the lay of the land, um, I guess my first question for you, Omar, is where do you stand on trades now? And do you think the front office will actually make one? Um, and then follow-up question. If they do, what do you think it'll look like? Because I think an interesting problem that they're encountering right now is a lot of the names they're going after are are names who either have player options or are expiring and are set to become free agents anyway. So then there's that question that they have to sort of account for where is it worth it to trade a first now for a player that's about to become an an unrestricted free agent this summer. So a good example of this is Kyle Kuzma, right? Right. I know there have been rumors about Kyle Kuzma and the Lakers wanting to bring him back. Um, But Kyle Kuzma has a $13 million player option this summer that he's probably going to take to get more money. And so would it be wise for the Lakers to trade an unprotected first for Kuzma to get him in earlier Cause essentially what you're doing is you're trading a first for the rights to sign Cal Kuzma to a new deal that starts at around twenty to twenty five million for the next three years, right? Yeah. I personally am okay with that, but I don't know if that makes like asset valuation sense in the long term. Right. So I honestly wouldn't even blame the front office if they're saying if we really want Cal Kuzma, maybe we wait till the summer and just sign him out, right? And for now, let's use that first on something. Or maybe someone who has a multi-year deal that bleeds into next season where we don't have to worry about whether we have to retain him. And unfortunately, this is also sort of the problem with, you know, a Miles Turner because he's set to be an unrestricted free agent. So, um, but sorry, that was a convoluted way of just asking where do you stand on trades now and do you think the front office will make one? And if they do, what does that look like?
2: I think you absolutely have to make a trade. I think a trade should have been done yesterday. It should have been done in the off season. Uh, that's That's where I've been. Uh, that's been my stance from pretty much last season. <laughs> um, do I think the front office will make a tra- I think they'll make a trade. I just don't think it's going to include Russ, which is a lot of what would drastically improve the roster. I think, you know, there's makings of a good team here. Even if Russ stays, because like we talked about in the last episode, there are some positives that he's brought into this season, and there's a lot of good things that he's done. And I think if we do make that trade where we get like a wing size player, he starts eating into some minutes and there's a little bit more proper slotting involved in, in especially rotations wise, where when we do look to close out games, we can kind of sub him out and where you know, potentially if it's like, you know, Kuzma whoever it is, he's playing those, those, yeah. you know, crunch time minutes with LeBron, with AD Reeves, whoever it is, whoever makes sense. But I think that's where the front office is at. And, you know, I think the only way Russ would be included is if there's like a you know, an all-star team, all-star player that's ready and is, wants to come to L.A. You know this team's looking to blow up. Looks, like, I mean, it looked like at one point maybe the Chicago Bulls was were heading that that way, and then they kind of you know righted the ship after a, like a serious team meeting, but. Mm-hmm. I think a deal has to fall into the, to their lap, honestly, where, you know, it's just one first round pick and Russ, But I think that's just going to be tough because a lot of teams aren't going to really be doing the Lakers any f- favors.
1: Yeah, I think that's where it stands. So I guess we can just kind of transition into my categories and we can go back and forth on this. Let's talk first about what are your favorite two first. What What is your favorite two first trade look like? And I'll caveat this by saying we're not going to talk about Miles Turner and Buddy Heald because... I think you and you and I have discussed off air and even on Twitter, you can probably guess the sense that if given the opportunity, would we still do that deal today? The answer would be yes. It was the answer, you know, three months ago. It's still the answer now, even with Miles Turner becoming a free agent. Like, get them in early. You know you're going to re-sign Miles Turner this summer. Just do it. You can start. Because again, I think this is maybe what you were getting at as well. A trade this season is not just about the next three months because that just makes everything seem like a rental. A trade this season should be about forging the way for what you do in 2023 and beyond. If you look at it that way, then things open up so much more for you and you can get past all of the moving the needle excuses of what it'll do for this year because realistically any guy that the lakers trade a first for they better have long-term plans for that guy they better even if he's a unrestricted free agent like cal kuzma they better know pretty confidently that cal kuzma would be willing to take 22 million dollars from them and that they'd be willing to give him 22 million dollars right so with that context put out there what is your favorite sort of two firsts um trade package. And and in this sense, I know we just said it's unlikely that Russ will be traded, but what would be your... In this scenario, let's just hypothetically say Russ is in the package to make the big salary ballast stuff work. We're adding two firsts. What does that look like for you? Um, Quick context. um, Quick trade context. Because I feel like the last trade that sort of had these same parameters actually came out of Atlanta. So... The Hawks traded Danilo Gallinari, which was a partially guaranteed $20 million contract, which I think they had to up the guarantee on to make salaries work. They traded Gallinari, which was salary ballast, to the San Antonio Spurs, along with a first from Charlotte, which was lotto-protected till 2025, and their 2025 and 2027 unprotected first, plus a 2026 pick swap for DeJounte Murray. So... The Lakers package would obviously include salary ballast in Russell Westbrook and the 2027 and 2029 unprotected. Maybe they add a pick swap, I don't know. But that's sort of the the reference point for what a deal like the Lakers could look like. A DeJounte Murray-type player, right? Mm-hmm. That could probably change if you're asking for depth. But before I, get, I let you go, I think the most obvious trade that I think the Lakers would do for two firsts in Westbrook is the one that you pretty much alluded to. I think it would be Two first Westbrook, Damian for Zach Levine, Andre Drummond, and like Derek Jones Jr. or something right. like that. Of course, tack on Caruso if you can swing it, but I think that would be the basic part of the deal. Now, if we're talking about depth, I think for me, my preferred depth option, which I know the Lakers won't take because it's depth and not a superstar, would be, I think at this point, it would be two first Westbrook. Maybe you protect one of those firsts. But essentially, two first Westbrook for Bojan Bogdanovic, Sadiq Bey, New Orleans Noel, and Alec Burks. Because I think mm. this fills pretty much every spot Everything, for you. yeah. And on top of the fact that Bojan's contract runs through next year. So the Lakers don't have to worry about retaining him. Yes, he'll eat into their cap space, but... Could they have gotten someone better than Bojan? It's debatable. Could they have gotten someone better than Bojan in free agency, anyways? That's debatable. So may as well get him in house now, and then you kind of get that younger prospect in Sadiq Bay. Alec Burks is like a really good six man off the bench, averaging 14 points, right? And then Nerlens Noel, if his legs are kicking, you have that big man insurance too. So I feel like you get everything. You get you fill every spot depth-wise from wing to shooter to emergency case big man to scorer off the bench with that deal alone. And I think it's worth it because, again, you're retaining some of these guys, namely Bojan and Sadiq, into the next year. So you can sort of have a core. And the other benefit, again, of having guys on multi-year contracts is you can use them as salary ballast for other trades down the line as well. So that would be my preferred two-first in Westbrook deal that I that I would do that. I don't think the front office would do, but how about where do you stand on a two first and Russ package?
2: So that package you just mentioned is, is really nice. I would definitely be all in for that one. Um, so I've been monitoring the Toronto Raptors situation. Mm. Uh, I've, um, I like a lot of their players. They, they are probably the most, the the wing happiest team in the NBA. They literally have no centers. Um, you may need to correct me if you have a chance. I just want to see if the numbers work off uh, on this one. So it was, it's Ross and two first. Um, OG is, is my one of my favorite players. I definitely would yes. want to swing for him. And he fits that wing type player like perfectly. Uh, Chris Boucher as well uh, as part of that trade package. Um, and then a Thad Young. I think the money works out. I just want you yeah. to see if you could. Uh, okay, okay. So with that deal, uh, I feel like you add so much versatility. Chris Boucher, I mean, if you put him next to Thomas Bryant or, or Anthony Davis, he's kind of similar in that and Gabriel fold, but he has a little bit more offensive versatility. Uh, he's a great shot blocker, uh, so that's also a huge plus. OG Ananobi, I feel like he's probably a DPOI candidate. So mm-hmm. when you do get into the playoffs, you could probably stick him on any superstar on a team and let LeBron and AD just do their help defense uh, type thing. Um, and then Thad Young is also just another another solid player um, that you know makes no mistakes, high IQ, plays the game the right way. Uh, he's a lefty. People get really surprised that he has a really, really good uh, strong hook uh, in the post. So, you know, obviously, the Raptors and Messiah would probably ask for the world, but this would be my, like, dream, ideal, yes. like, type of trade package. And, you know, you, you fill out a lot of things. And not only that, I mean, I think, you know, surrounding a team with OG as your, like, you know, second or third piece, I feel like it's a very strong, promising a- asset, no matter what you do down the line. Um, So you have, you know, like like your package, you have that additional versatility. So, like, if you wanted to change things... And another thing, too, like a lot of like fans or a lot of like national media like to say that, you know, we don't have any of our picks. I mean, we have a pick coming up. It's just New Orleans has the right to to perform a swap on it. So we can basically, you know, hush hush and make a pick that, you know, another team wants us to make a pick and just mm-hmm. trade them that player. We just trade them the rights. It's just we just can't formally give that pick up just yet. But, you know. 2023 pick and the 2020 it's a seven right 2027 um i mean there's still tons of value there you know what i mean and especially if you're the raptors and they're really good at making the right picks if you look at pascal siakam fred van fleet finding talent in 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 the right spots i mean those are great assets to have so that's where i would go and i wanted to get a little creative i do not want to go like you know the typical where people like to go but if the raptors continue to uh, slide off and not do so well uh, maybe th- some of these guys uh, come up and I think OG's clutch client uh, so maybe we could swing those <laughs> things too so that's where I'm at
1: I would a hundred percent do that deal um, that's yeah that, as you mentioned that fills pretty much every deficiency that the Lakers <laughs> have um, I so the no joke. My backup plan to the Bojan deal was a Raptors deal. I just had two firsts for Gary Trent Van Vliet instead, and then Chris yeah. Boucher. So the reason why I think I wouldn't I, that I didn't add OG is I feel like if the Raptors actually put OG on the table, I feel like he would command more than what the Lakers had to offer. And it, and, yeah. and if anything, I feel like he would command two firsts by himself. Yeah. And so I feel like the more realistic one would be Van Vliet instead who might just walk from the Raptors. And so if you're the Raptors, Gary Trent and Fred Van v- Fred Van Vliet both have player options. If there's a chance you could lose them for nothing, get some picks for them. You know what I mean? Right. And on the Lakers end, yes, that's risky to be trading for two guys who could take their player options and become unrestricted free agents. But obviously, if you trade for these guys, you have the intention of re-signing them, right? So... I think Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. would also work, even though, again, they are both 6'5 and under, so that sucks, but at least they can shoot. And then at least, and I think in both of our Raptors packages, you have Chris Boucher, who is sort right. of like the Wenyon Gabriel who can shoot, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. And he's also the guy who is under contract for next year. So no matter what, you're getting something that you can retain heading into the summer. So I think any option with the raptors works because again they have so much wing depth to take from essentially that the lakers could take advantage of so yeah i love the raptors angle if we can somehow get og dude let's do it i mean for two firsts i don't know if we could get back everything else in that package but for og alone let's go you know yeah um all right with that said let's transition to what is your favorite one first package and we can Divvy, the, divvy this up between your favorite one first trade or one first pick package with Westbrook, um, and then one first trade without Westbrook using you know the off talked about Patrick Beverly Kendrick Nunn, Damian Jones. So I'll go first and go with the my favorite Westbrook option. I think right now, and I hate to sound boring, but I actually think my favorite Westbrook option would still be with the Pistons. Except this time, let's just take away, I guess, Sadiq Bey or something and just get back. So the trade would look like Westbrook, Damian Jones, one first unprotected. Maybe you can get like a top five protection on this. Yeah. For Bojan Bogdanovich, Nurlands Noel, Alec Burks, and I would like a shot at Hamadou Diallo, or but we'll probably get Rodney Magruder, like some boring dude who who can kind of shoot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah. but for me, that's still if you're only giving up one first get back a bunch of depth, plus a guy that you can retain in Bojan, and there you go. If you want a more creative answer, I I also have Westbrook, Damian Jones, one first unprotected for like a Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and a Will Barton out of the Washington Wizards. With the realization that Chris Stapps has a player option of like 36 million next year that he might opt into, but you might want him to opt into that so that you can retain him. So that would be like another option, but what's your favorite Westbrook and one first deal.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of similar to yours. Uh, it's Russ and one first round pick for uh, Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. Uh, yeah. So I didn't add anything else to the Lakers side. It's, we're still keeping the the role players, but it's just what for the reasons what you had in your in our first iteration of it. Um, Alec Burks is great. You know, off the bench piece, he can lead an offense. He can score. He can shoot. He can even stay out with the starters once they come back. And, and we already know Bogdanovich, he did his audition earlier, earlier yep. this season against us. He had like eight threes. Um, man, he, he's, he's just a valuable player. He, high IQ. Uh, he has a great shot. Um, he can put the ball on the floor too. I've watched a lot of, uh, Pistons games thanks to fantasy because I have Jalen Duran. Uh, but he can, he can get the rebound, go to coast to coast. Um, and I just feel like, man him next to uh, lebron and ad like um, the yeah. amount of wide open three pointers he's going to get he's he's just going to eat um and i think the big thing too is that he's already uh under contract right he signed an extension yep. earlier this season so that's that's a huge plus right like you you're giving up you're getting rid of that asset, like we talked about, the Russ contract, and then you're giving up one first round pick and you get two really, really solid players. Um, so, my other trade that doesn't include Westbrook, I have Patrick Beverly, Damian Jones, uh, JTA, uh, and one first for Kelly Oubre, PJ Washington, and Mason Plumlee.
1: There you go. Nice.
2: So, again, this, like, what obviously Kelly Oubre has the the injury and he's slated to come back you know at some point this season but again just shoring up the wing uh front with Oubre and PJ Washington i think they're both Solid players, and you know they have their plus and minuses. And Plumlee is just another you know bruising big type player who you know eats up minutes. Uh, and you know you can throw him against like the Jokic's and all those types of players, where AD doesn't have to kind of do that stuff, right? Like AD can kind of play the four and, and worry about his thing. He's actually su- like surprisingly a really good passer and has yeah, an is. okay touch. Uh, but the big thing again is like you know he's that bruising big. He'll set really good screens um you know he can make those passes out of the short roll uh and he'll just rebound he's just a solid player uh, all around so those would be the two types of uh, trades i would look at if i'm just looking at the one first and you know even you know i think and we'll probably get to this at some point too it's it's not like giving up there's creative ways to to come at this right like you don't have to give up the two first round picks like you can think yeah. of ways to still improving the roster. It's just, I think what it comes down to is like front office loves big names. So that's where we kind of geared our our heads toward. But like, that's that's kind of what, you know, I'd, I'd go for.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it should be noted, Kelly Oubre, I think is out for the next four weeks or so. He's yeah. still coming back from injury, but he should be back in time, you know, right around all-star break. And he is an expiring contract. I do think the Charlotte Hornets at the trade deadline are going to try and get off of these guys because... I mean, they. I think they'd want to get some of their guys some run, you know, like James Boognight or whatever, their right. p- previous lotto pick. Like, there's no reason to play Oubre at this point. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. You're not going to retain him. I think they even still need to play uh, Cody Martin because he's been injured much of the oh, season. Oh, yeah, he's so it's been like, injured the whole season. So, I mean, I think you can actually get Kelly Oubre, Mason Plumley, and P.J. Washington for... I think you can actually protect that first a little bit and they still might do it. So but I like getting that depth and I think Yeah, I think PJ Washington is gonna be a restricted free agent coming up. So it, you know depends on whether the Lakers are intent on, you know, signing him long term, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't be a bad, like, younger, prime Marquis Morris type guy to sign and have on this team. So I really like the the breadth of size that we get from that Charlotte yeah. Hornets deal. Yeah. And I think it should be noted that so I forgot to add this context, but a similar sort of deal last season that happened that kind Mm. of revolved around a first round pick was one that included or one that involved the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Indiana Pacers because the Cavs traded Ricky Rubio. He was essentially just salary ballast and a lot of protected 2022nd first round pick plus two second rounders for Karis Levert in a second. So I think that package is essentially what the Lakers are hoping they can get with a lotto-protected first, right? They're hoping they can get Bojan for a lotto-protected first, but up until this point, Detroit has reneged on any of, of those discussions. It remains to be seen as we inch closer and closer to the trade deadline whether the the Pistons would be like, okay, fine, we'll take a top eight Protected first, and you can have right. Bojan. In which case, I think we both would say, yeah, of course, hell yeah. Um, but I think that's the type of deal the Lakers are looking to find with one first. You're kind of going to get a Karis Levert type player, right? It's not going to be a superstar. It will be like a fringe sort of role player who can put up 20 points on any given night, probably, if you're giving up that one first. So I think for me, my ideal version of a no Westbrook one first deal would look like Pat Bev, none, Damian Jones, one first. Maybe you add Lonnie Walker, um, but essentially Pat Bev, none, Damian first for, and I hate to be boring, but again, I'm going back to the Toronto Raptors, but I think you can get Gary Trent Jr. for one first at this point, and maybe even ask that they include Chris Boucher as well, because Again, Gary Trent Jr. has a player option that he's likely going to opt out of. And if you're the Raptors, you want to get whatever you can before this guy walks. And if you're the Lakers, you can go back to Masai and say, I'm not going to trade a first for a dude who could also walk for me. He's going to become an unrestricted free agent. So they kind of got to meet us in the middle as well. So I think you can get Gary Trent Jr. for a protected first. Um, Even if it's unprotected, I don't know. I might still do that deal for Gary Trent and Chris Boucher, right? Um, with the intent to re sign Gary Trent Jr. to a longer term deal this summer. Um, it should also be noted that Chris Boucher can't be traded till January 15th, which is coming up, but just wanted to point that out. Um, and Chris Boucher's contract runs $11 million next year, $12 million in 24 25. So you could have him long term. But that's the sort of deal I'd be looking at like Gary Trent Jr. and Chris Boucher for no Westbrook and a first. Um, my backup plan to that would be something with the Houston Rockets, and this one I for mm. sure would protect the first round pick. Here's where I'd get Eric Gordon plus KJ Martin or Jay Sean Tate. One of those other two young wings, so it makes it worth it for us to give up that protected first. Yeah. But we also get Eric Gordon because I think at this point the Houston Rockets have held on way too long to Eric Gordon that nobody's Seriously? gonna give them nobody's gonna give them a first for Eric Gordon. At best, it's like a fake first that's like, you know late, late first or something that doesn't convey. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think you can get a protected first, or I think you can get Eric Gordon and KJ Martin for a protected first. We'll see if the Lakers can swing it or which way they go. But my last question to you before we swing it to break is, okay, let's say you can get Bojan, Gary Trent. Between those two, let's say you can get either of them for one first. Which one are you sort of um, leaning more towards at this point?
2: Ah. It's a tough one. I think I would lean towards uh, Bogdanovich. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think his his veteran uh, experience. Uh, I think and his IQ and his shot making. Um, I, I think he just adds a lot of value there, uh, and he would just he'd be a seamless fit, honestly. Uh, and and he's still I mean, he's old, he's definitely on the older side, but he definitely brings a lot of defensive chops. Like he he still can move his feet well, and he'll still uh stay in front uh, at least in front of you know uh, ball players so I, I would just lean towards them just because like we're, we're in such a small window to win championships mm-hmm. and i want to rely on experience rather than gary Trent, who's not a bad player at all he's really good he's a lights out shooter um he's a, a steals magnet he gets so many steals yep. uh he's a pest on defense and um you know i just I, again it's just it just comes down to the window like you know when when we're going to be relying on someone to hit those wide open shots. I just want to go with someone who, who's been there, done that type of thing. So I, I would lean towards him.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I know that's your fantasy basketball knowledge talking when you talk about Gary Trent Jr. racking yeah. up the steals. <laughs> 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 um, no, I, I I like both players. I I think realistically, if the Lakers had a choice, they'd go Gary Trent. You want to know why? Because he's clutch. Um, yeah, but oh, yeah, of <laughs> I course. think. All things considered, I, I like the size that Bojan has and he hit, is more of a proven player when it comes to the playoffs, right? He did it with the Utah Jazz. And yeah, I like the extra, extra size and he's more of the efficient knockdown three-point shooter. Gary Trent this year is, I don't know, he's dealing with a lot of stuff. Maybe it's just the context he's in with the Raptors, but his percentages are like suck. <laughs> you know, he's not yeah, as yeah. as efficient a three-point shooter as he has been. But I like both players if it comes down to it. I would take either of them. But yeah, if we had to pick, I would go Bojan as well. So with that said, let's take it to break here. And when we return, we'll just wrap things up with a no first trade (laughs) package. Something that the front office probably would love to do. We'll see if they can swing it, but we'll get to that when we return Alright, so we are back, and before we dive back into the next category of trade options, we would please like to remind you guys to take a moment out of your time to shoot us a 5-star Apple Podcast rating and review, and if you've already done that, if you could please just go to your Spotify app and give us a quick 5-star thumb tap at the top of our Spotify Podcast page, that'll go a long way in letting us know that you guys are listening and that you guys value the content that we provide. And it'll also go a long way in getting Tommy back sooner from his paternity leave. Because we want him to abandon his child and get back to his podcasting work. So anyway, please consider 5 Star Thumb Tapping Away, the Lakers Legacy podcast on the Apple Podcasts app or Spotify app. Thanks guys. Alright, now back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, so we are back. So to close this episode, Omar, I want to talk about any no first trades that you have in mind for the front office. Let's help them out because it seems like they don't want to trade any first. So can they do something about that? I would say yes, they could because there are always creative trades happening in the NBA at the deadline every year that go under noticed for second round picks. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we have the type of talent evaluator in a GM as Rob Palenka that would do that. But let's just assume that somehow Rob Palenka gets some help in his talent evaluation scouting this trade market season and can find some gems. And the one trade that I always go back to in Lakers history that proves my point that there are ways to improve your team without getting a superstar. There are ways to use second round picks to your advantage is the trade that Mitch Kupchak pulled off back in like 2007-2008 when he got Trevor Ariza. At the time, Trevor Ariza was averaging three points for the Orlando Magic, okay? Nobody knew who this guy was. He had some stints. He had some flashes with the New York Knicks prior to that, but, like, who's going to go out and trade for a three-point 3, three point player on the Orlando Magic, right? Only if you have good talent evaluation and you can see the skill set and the physique and project out, right? right? So Mitch Kupchak traded a second. I th- Well, I forget if he traded a second. I know he traded Mo Evans and Brian Cook for Mm -hmm. little-known Trevor Ariza, and that ended up paying off dividends. So that's the type of deal we're kind of looking for here. It doesn't necessarily have to be a flyer, but I think the Lakers can do something if they're willing to trade, you know, a couple of seconds, which it seems like they've been willing to trade all this time. It's just a matter of are they creative enough to pinpoint some moneyball prospects or guys with skill sets that can improve this team? So a trade last year that sort of encapsulates this type of package that I'm talking about here would be when the Magic traded a 2023 20, second to the Celtics for PJ Dozier, Bull Bull, and another second. So they were smart enough to take a flyer on a guy like Bo Bo, and that has paid dividends for them this year, right? Because mm-hmm. Bo Bo all of a yeah. sudden is starting for them. He's like 12 points, seven rebounds. Is he inconsistent? Yes. But dude, the guy was on like a minimum contract, right? I think he was on a non guaranteed contract yeah, to start he the was. season. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's one of your starters, and he's pretty much made Mobamba expendable. So can the Lakers pull off something like that? Because all they gave up was a second round pick, right? The Magic did. Right. Right. So there's that type of deal for the young flyer. And then there's the type of deal where you can actually get established talent, albeit their lower end talent. And a deal that encapsulates that is one that the Celtics did last year, or actually that the Celtics did in twenty 2020, twenty twenty one when they traded Jeff Teague, which was deadweight salary matching, and two seconds for Evan Fournier. And at the time, Mm. Evan Fournier could still play. And I think he actually did pretty well for the Celtics during his stint. So I think that's the type of deal the Lakers are looking for. Can we trade two seconds to get a sort of Evan Fournier rental that could help us this year? And then we could evaluate where he stands with us in the future. So with that out of the way, what's your favorite sort of Lakers are just trading seconds package? And obviously, Cam Reddish is the popular name here. So if you want to give me a name other than Cam Reddish, let's throw him out of the equation because, yes, obviously, he's clutch. We've been talking about him for years. Would we do it for Cam Reddish? Yeah, sure. At this point, yes. But are there any other names you have in mind?
2: So Cam Reddish was going to be my first example. Oh, it was? Okay, my yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> No worries.
1: You can expand upon why you think a Cam Reddish gamble would be beneficial.
2: Okay, yeah. So, so it would... The, the package would just include pro- probably Kendrick Dunn and a second for uh, Cam Reddish. Uh, I think we've hammered this a lot. I mean, he brings size to the table. He's a wing size player. Um, he was a lottery pick. Uh, I feel like he still has some skills that could be uh, you know tapped into. Um, I'll say that developmental wise, uh, in terms of coaching staffs and NBA, I think Chris Gent and Phil Handy do a lot of good work. Uh, I think if you put it put him in the room with, with not only those coaches, but also, you know, LeBron James, uh, these other veteran type players, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, I think that could probably help set the stage for him in turning his career around. Because I think there's a lot of talent still there, mm-hmm. like a lot of true raw talent that we could definitely take advantage of. And it's kind of like it's a low risk situation, right? Like kind of like the bowl bowl thing, right? Like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You're not really giving much, right? Like we're not... I don't think we're going to extend Kendrick Nunn. This is probably his last stint, at least with the Lakers. And that second, you know, second pick really doesn't mean much to us because we're so good at evaluating talent when it comes to drafts. That we, you know, like for example, I'll use Austin Reeves. He was an undrafted rookie that we Mm -hmm. already evaluated when we performed those workouts with him and other players that we kind of had. We figured out a rotational piece and a player who's been, you know, phenomenal for us, arguably like our third best player um so for for that that's a no-brainer i'd love to hear what you have i'm sure you you cooked up a lot of good pl- yes uh, i did you know, packages and we can definitely a- analyze that
1: and i love that you play fantasy basketball because i know these names will not go over your head whatsoever yes, yeah, i love the yeah. deep cuts and so kind of in a similar vein to cam reddish if we're going under the same sort of young flyer guys i would love to send a minimum guy you know, maybe JTA or something, and two seconds, maybe one second for O'Shea Brissett out of the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Because, that's a good one. I mean, you've probably picked him up in fantasy or at least, you know, monitored last him. Season. The last season. Last season, he was great. Yeah. I mean, when he's got in time, granted, it's sort of like looter in a riot situation, but when he's got in time, this dude can catch on fire from three. He's immensely strong and sturdily built, uh, very athletic dude. I just feel like this is the type of player that you want to get under Darvin Ham so he can mold. You know what I mean? In the same vein as Cam Reddish. Is he an efficient three-point shooter? Not necessarily, but you know he can knock it down. And I think it's just more physical clay to work with. And I really like his size. So O'Shea Brissett is another guy that I wish the Lakers would take a flyer or a chance on. I don't know if the Indiana Pacers would do it, but given the depth of wings that they have on that roster, if O'Shea Brissett, who's set to become an unrestricted free agent, isn't going to be part of their long-term plans because they have... Chris Duarte, Benedict Mather, you know, like they have all these right, guys. they have all these guys. You may as well get a second for him, right, before mm-hmm. he expires. So for the Lakers, perfect time to take a flyer. So any thoughts on O'Shea?
2: No, I, I mean, that that's a really good uh, <laughs> good decision on that one. I think he would bring immense, uh, you know, untapped talent and potential. Um, and it, like looking at last season, before they traded for Alliburn, he was getting a lot of burn because – There was a lot of injuries on that, on that team and he's just a solid, solid player. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, similar to what we talked about a lot in the last episode, if you throw him in, in into this locker room, this culture, I think he would just be, uh, you know, fit the culture right away, fit the mold, uh, and, and be like such a home run type of value deal. You know, it's just, it just makes so much sense. So yeah, I would totally be about that. And, and, and to add, I think, you know, maybe, KJ Martin, Kenya Martin would pro- possibly fall within that type of situation as well. Like he's kind of, I see that those two players in the same vein. Just a athletic freak, uh, has a lot of um, you know ability to improve on the defensive end. He's been really good this season. But again, like they they have a lot of players that that they need to play, and and they've had you know tough giving giving out all these minutes. So. Um, I'll throw him in there. <laughs> I'll throw yeah, Martin no, I, in let, there. I like I yeah. KJ
1: Martin. If we can get him for some seconds, absolutely. Uh, I just think he's shown a little bit more than some of these other guys that we've been talking about. So, But who knows? If we can get him for a second, absolutely. Another guy I'll throw in here is, and this one I 100% know you can get for a second. This is why before, like, when Yuta Watanabe was set to become an unrestricted free agent, I was like, you can probably get him from the Raptors. They're not doing anything with him. They're just going to let him loose. Give them a second for him. Get him under your system. Something I wish they would have done last season. So someone who I know is pinched out of the rotation currently and you can probably get for a second would be Chemezimet, Metu out of the Sacramento Kings. Mm. He's not playing at all. Last season, he sort of started to make some strides. I mean, he's 6'11 with a 6'11 wingspan. I mean, if you're looking for, like, that sort of second Wenyan Gabriel prototype, that's Chimezi Metsu. But I think he can shoot better than he can uh, shoot. Wenyan Gabriel. He,
2: he cooked us last season in a few games against <laughs> the, the Lakers Kings. Uh, I was like, who's yeah. this guy? He's just sh- hitting everything.
1: Yeah, former USC product. And I think his one his biggest highlight last year was, I think he hit a game-winning three for the Sacramento Kings, actually. So <laughs> he just doesn't, he's unfortunately been squeezed out of the rotation because of yeah, Keegan Murray sense. and all of the guys Kevin that the Herter, Kings right? have. Yeah. So. But now's the time to get somebody like him. You know what I mean? So that's one name. And then I think if we're talking about, so for example, I gave the Bull Bull example and I gave the Evan Fournier example, right? For the more established talent. So if the Lakers want more established talent to help out this season and potentially the playoffs, one guy that I think you could probably have for like a couple seconds would be, so we'd be sending Kendrick Nunn, Damian Jones to Washington and two seconds for... Will Barton because Will Barton is a guy who's 6'5" 6'6". He's just a guy who's a versatile scorer. He's not that efficient, but he just gives you the size that we need and he can also get hot from 3. He can put yeah. he can get 20 points any night, you know what I mean? In a similar vein, he's like I feel like he's the more wingy version of Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is just more of the strictly I'm a shooter, but Will Barton I think can be a little bit more versatile on both ends in the right context. So Will Barton is a name that, because he's expiring... If I'm the Wizards, I know I have to pay Kuzma and Porzingis this summer. I'm not going to be re-signing Will Barton. Might as well get a couple seconds for this dude, right? And for the Lakers, would Will Barton help this team? If Troy Brown can help this team, Will Barton can help this team. You know what I mean? Why not take a flyer like that? Because I think he fits in the mold of an Evan Fournier guy who's not working on a particular team, but could fit your team's needs. And then... Outside of that, I would also maybe consider sending two seconds to the Sacramento Kings for Rashawn Holmes because he is that energy, athletic big man type who I think we were hoping Damian Jones could be, but he hasn't. But Rashawn Holmes, you know, in his previous stints when he was the starter or whatever, that guy is an NBA player who can get the job done. You know what I mean? And it's good insurance for either Thomas Bryant or Anthony Davis and is a better defensive player than Thomas Bryant, obviously. The only... Issue with Rashawn Holmes is he's under contract till 24 25 at 12 million dollars. So the Lakers probably won't go that direction. But if they did, I wouldn't be necessarily mad at it. You know what I mean? So, Will Barton, Rashawn Holmes, and I think another obvious one would be Eric Gordon. Because at this point, I think his value is so low, you can probably get him for two seconds, right? So, to close this episode, any thoughts on some of those more like older veteran guys, but they could help? Would you do any of those deals?
2: Yeah, I I love the the Rashawn H- Holmes one. That was very creative, just because of the insurance thing. And I think he he's solid. I mean, like you we we've seen you know him and Fox going and pick and roll and, and score a ton of buckets. I forget what the PPP was, but like they had a pretty high efficiency out of uh, the pick and roll, high screen pick, pick and roll. Um, I also like um, Will Barton. Yeah, I think honestly he could probably fight for the. the Starting two spot, mm-hmm. honestly, and he would apply pressure on a lot of the guys that are there, uh, just because of the skills that he brings. Like you said, I mean, he's very versatile. He, he's like, he's not elite at certain things. He's pretty much good at like a lot of different things. Like he can yep. ball handle, he can uh, ball pressure on defense. Um, He can shoot the ball. He can score Uh, going at the rim. So he, there's a lot of things he can do. And we saw that when he was uh, with the Nuggets. Like he was paired up with Jokic and Jamal Murray and all, all these players. And he did really well. Uh, and I could see him also thriving in, in Darvin Ham's uh, scheme as well as with pairing him up with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. I think he would do really well. And Eric Gordon, I feel like his name has been linked with the Lakers for many, many seasons. Yeah. I don't know how – I mean – he hasn't played that well this season, so I, I don't know where his value is at. Like you said, I think they did wait too long on him, and I don't know how. It, it's definitely that, the, you know, he kind of fits in that Nicholas Batum type of situation where he kind of looked really washed. But maybe, you know, if the motivation is there and, and mm-hmm. if the, you know, the starting role and the minutes are there, I think he could probably pick it back up. I mean, he's still... I mean, you don't really forget how to shoot. Like, he's still, a, you know, a knockdown shooter. So if you really want someone who's there... On the cheap, he can definitely provide that. Um, and, and when when needed, and, and obviously in limited minutes, like I, I don't think we would ask him to play like 35, 40 minutes, but like yeah. he could definitely still provide that ball pressure defense that he's known for. So I think he would also be an excellent get. But like all the pretty much all the players that, you know, between, I only mentioned one guy and then Martin as well, but the guys you mentioned, like these guys would be instant like boost to the team right now. Like if you added him today, they, they would be providing minutes. Um, so there's ways to be creative and ways to, to improve the roster right now while they're still mulling on the decision on figuring yeah. out what to do with the first.
1: And yes, that is. I think that's the main topic and point of this episode. The exercise that we just went through of two first, one first, two seconds, whatever. There is a way to improve this roster and the front office has to do it for LeBron James and Anthony Davis's sake and also for the veteran minimum guys they signed who are playing above their head this season, you know, like do good by all of these players. Yeah. And let's just, you know, make something out of this what was seemingly a lost season again. You know, we've actually drummed up momentum. The guys seem to really love each other. They love Darvin Ham, so let's keep the good times rolling by at least improving the roster and setting ourselves up better for the summer it doesn't have to be moving the needle for even being a long playoff run contending team you know what I mean it's just like let's look like a, like a competent roster that can sustain things for a little bit and pick up some flyers and guys that we can evaluate and maybe even retain this offseason so uh hope you guys enjoyed that exercise one thing that I'd also like to add and that I don't think is being talked about enough out there is the fact that it's sad to say, but don't be surprised if Lonnie Walker is added into any of these deals. I know he's been sort of like the silver lining, but as is the case whenever the Lakers do this thing where they sign these renegade guys for only one year, the disadvantage when they pop is the Lakers don't have the money to retain them. You know what yeah, I mean? It's tough. It would have it had to—Lonnie Walker would have had to average 25 points for the Lakers to think about using their cap space, you know, this offseason to retain him, so— if the Lakers already know that they're likely not going to retain Lonnie Walker, do not be surprised if he's used as salary ballast in a, you know, non rust trade because if we're not using Russ, right, we need that extra salary. So Lonnie yeah. Walker's $6 million helps. So I just wanted to put that out there. Don't be surprised if Lonnie Walker is included. We hope he's not, but that's just sort of the situation when you have a roster full of guards and guys have stepped up in his absence. You know what I mean? So, um. But yeah, with that said, Omar, thank you again for hopping on the Lakers Legacy Podcast. This was a fun one because we kind of were able to sort of geek out fantasy basketball-wise or apply our fantasy basketball knowledge to the real-world trade scenarios with the Lakers. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining once again.
2: Absolutely. It was fun.
1: We will catch you again sometime for sure. You know, maybe post-trade deadline, we'll have to reassess how we did. Yeah, we definitely have to.
2: Hopefully I did Tom justice. I know he's... uh, Busy oh, somewhere, did? Uh, tra- <laughs> sleep training his kid. Uh, but yeah, no, this was so much fun. I, I'm I'm glad uh, you hit me up and were able to uh, chop it up on the Lakers and obviously this was this had to push my uh, creative side a bit and and try to look at names and look at uh, fantasy basketball <laughs> players and whatnot. But uh, yeah, this was fun. I'm I'm really hoping we make some sort of trade. I think I think it would uh, definitely. Uh, move the needle well, one way or another, right? Uh, yeah. Depending on the magnitude of the trade, there's a lot that we can definitely take advantage of.
1: Definitely. Rob Palenka, listen to the Lakers Legacy podcast and the Late Night Lake Show podcast if you need some ideas, man. <laughs> Just, <you> know, <laughs> yeah. We're an open we're, book. You've got so free. many sources. <laughs> it's free.
2: You can find find wherever you find, Listen to your podcast. You can find us there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: All right. With that said, we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in, Omar. I will see you later, man.
2: Thanks. All right, man. Take care.